0: All right, well, hello, everybody. This is Kirk Cabana, and welcome to this week's episode of Pursuit for Purpose. We're back for the next awesome conversation, and this week we'll be talking about positive coaching in youth sports. If this is your first time listening, Pursuit for Purpose brings the world's most passionate athletes and the coaches together to share our goals and aspirations. By helping provide the teachings and the principles of the greatest minds before us and the greatest minds with us, The people around us will receive the foundations to build the rest of their lives and become champions of character this week we're joined by david klein david is an exciting coach who is taking his experiences and helping make the game better for the youth he has done that by creating speedball which allows the kids playing to fully be engaged and present in the game and has made it more fun for them to enjoy the experiences of learning about and developing in baseball He's also the founder of a collegiate summer league team, the Menlo Park Legends, a former D1 player and coach. And something I really love was a statement of changing lives through innovative baseball experiences. Please welcome David Klein. David, thanks a ton for being here today.
1: Oh, Kirk, thanks for having me. Man. Really excited for this. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So, David, I got a lot to unpack with you as uh, you know, you're doing some awesome and innovative things that are making huge positive impacts in the youth community. And I want to hear how they came to life and and how, you know what you want to do with what you're doing to make a positive impact in the lives of the people that get to experience it. So, please tell us about the vision behind Speedball and how it came to life and and what you've been accomplishing with it.
1: So, 2020, COVID hit. Um it's March and I start to get a re, uh, everyone wants refunds for camp. <laughs> They're telling us that we're not going to be able to run camp. And so I'm sitting there, I'm terrified. I'm trying to provide for my family. You know, camp is, you know, a way that we bring in money and They tell us that, oh, you know what? You can do camp, but you have to stick to 12 man stable pods for three weeks at a time. And this is in Northern California. So I had to figure out over that camp period. So we would have 12 kids in a group and we would have them for three weeks. And I had to figure out how do you play real baseball games with just 12 kids? Because you couldn't play outside of the pod. And so through experimentation and trial and error, we realized that, hey, you can definitely play a baseball game with just 12 kids. Let's say you have a group of nine-year-olds. All you really need is four hitting, you know, bases loaded, uh, plus a hitter, coach pitching, and then eight on defense. And then what we did was you rotate from hitting to three outfielders, plus a catcher. And then you go to the infield, first base, second base, third base shortstop. And that's the rotation. And what we learned was that style of baseball and that, approach was fast paced it was action packed it was more fun kids are playing different positions they're getting more reps in a shorter amount of time both hitting and on defense and it was just more fun and we called it 4 versus 4 versus 4 baseball at the time and after camp the kids had such great experiences in camp as a whole they were like hey we need we need after school programming and so at that time again we were stuck in that 12 those 12 man pods going into the fall of 2020 and so what I put together I was like you know what let's just try this league out which I called 4 versus 4 versus 4 baseball and we started with the first 6 weeks of fall we created this 4 versus 4 versus 4 baseball league it did really well and it, and then families were obsessed they wanted more and so we every we kept on running seasons throughout the entire winter that year um, it was first class. It, we, we get it better and better every season, trial and error, different rules. Um, and then literally season happened. Parents are hitting me up. They're like, David, we can't take it anymore. We, we, we don't want to do travel ball. We, Little league is so boring, so slow compared to what you created. Can you, can you just do this four versus four speedball, uh, league again? Can you do the league again? And so at that point I knew I had something that was special because everybody was requesting it. And so at that point I was like, you know what? I could offer our after-school academy and our programming, or I can go and try and, and take the leap and do something clever and creative and new. And that—that that was when we came up with the name Speedball. I decided that I was going to focus my next, you know, chapter to taking this next level um, and creating a really special program for kids—a new program to get kids engaged with the game of baseball.
0: Man, I, I think that is beautiful, especially from the the standpoint of how it was brought to life. Uh, you know, we had to all experience everything that we had to experience with, with COVID shutting life down and for new life to be born out of something that was trying to take away experiences from the youth. Uh, that That's so awesome because that just shows that, you know, the quick thinking of yourself to be able to bring to to life something that can still help the people play within the rules that are newly established and just kind of allows that critical thinking to happen for the kids to be able to be the ones that get the positive experience out of it because they don't understand why everything has to be shut down as much as right. than being told, getting told another rule by an adult that telling me I can't do this or I need to stay inside or I can't go see this person, but they don't understand that the true ramifications behind everything of why safety is so important. And, and these different things, especially being that, you know, the youth weren't being incredibly affected, but it's awesome that, that this was able to come to life out of of a dire situation and now has even more momentum coming out of it on the other side of where you might not want to go backwards from, from where things are at. So share with me some of that, that experience of of getting to see these kids learn something new, but also still playing baseball.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll take it in a slightly different direction. Like that, that experience of creating something new, like nobody, re- and I didn't really know what it was gonna totally look like, but I, I knew that it was gonna be fun and I knew that it was gonna take some trial and error. And so, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was just a matter of, of just taking the leap and, and meeting the kids right where they were. And I knew that kids were gonna be inside all day You know on screens they're not interacting and so what they really needed to have was fun and so we created it as a fun first program programming knowing that if kids are having fun and they were engaged with the game they're gonna commit themselves and they will get better over time and so it came down to a lot of parent communication parent education Um, serious organization. And at the end of the day, what, what I felt happened with my program out here in Northern California was that the pandemic really showed who, who are like the innovators and leaders and who's able to, uh, you know, work, you know, and um, work with adversity. And because, you know, me and my team, we were able to create a program that truly served kids in the deepest, most meaningful way during COVID coming out of COVID parents stuck with us. And because they remember that, that David and the legends, they were here for us. They created something that, that was, that helped my kids get through that difficult time. And so I, that whole experience, um, I mean, I, I was so fulfilled during the whole thing because I knew that we were playing an essential role in these kids' lives during a horrible period. Big time. And, you know, uh,
0: people that have listened before have heard me mention as Zig Ziglar before, but This has nothing to do with the idea of an economic standpoint, but just more of an innovative standpoint. He has a statement that goes along the lines of, even in the midst of the best economic times, there's people going broke. And even in the midst of the worst economic times, there's people getting rich. So I think that it's awesome that just in this comparison, in the worst time of of social development you still found a way to bring social development to these kids and actually brought it to a level that was probably more interesting to them at the youth age than playing classic baseball, just from the standpoint of they, they're not as attentive at that age yet to fully understand. That's why we got kids in the outfield picking dandelions or different things of that nature. If you can keep them moving and keep them engaged, that's how you're going to grow the love and connection to the sport to where as they get older and more developed, they're going to play by the standard rules of of how things are going or fit more into the mold of where baseball might be able to take them. So wh- where did you see as far as even the kid participation and engagement level? Was that something that, that you felt you saw heightened from a youth standpoint?
1: Oh my God, Kirk. I mean, all right. A travel ball tournament, right? You're going to get what seven to 12 at bats over the course of a weekend, a little league game. You might get two, three, four at bats. If you're lucky in speedball, you get, 10 to 15 at bats in a coach pitch game. Um, You get maybe seven to 12 in a kid pitch game in in two hours. So in two hours, you're getting more at bats than you'd get in an entire weekend of travel ball. You know, they say baseball is a game of failure, right? Which which it is. So, So how do you flip that around? Well, for me, it's you create more opportunities for these kids in a speedball game. Everybody has their moment everybody has their moment, everyone finds success at some point. You know, there, there's a, there's a great book. I think it's Dan and Chip Heath that the, the power of moments, I believe. And it just talks about how these moments really help these kids develop confidence and these moments happen more often. They're more elevated. Um, they're in closer proximity, but we create epic memories and moments for these kids um that's that's what speed, the way that speedball is set up it allows for that to happen on a more frequent basis
0: david and you even sharing that notion of of moments we all know that it all it takes is one moment to keep you that love of something in it or propel it forward for something that you care about and you know even though there's more opportunities for failure there's more opportunities for that moment that makes them feel like hey, I did this. And if I keep working, I can keep doing this. And I can say that from as simple as I experienced that moment, going back and playing junior college baseball at 30 years old in the summer of trying to, you know, right before going out and playing the team, I had a terrible atrocious summer, I did nothing before to actually prepare my body and everything. I was just, I needed to do it. So I could say no, what ifs. But that moment was my last at bat of the summer where I, I finally made good connection on a baseball and it propelled everything forward to, OK, can I repeat this? Can I do this again? So I can only imagine that from a youthful standpoint of finding those moments that make you feel like I'm just as good as Billy or I could do this, too. And I'll get better with time. So I think that's awesome that you're creating those different level of, of moments for the youth um, to be able to fall in love with something that we've obviously found attachment with that has helped us, you know, propel ourselves forward into the real world.
1: Totally. If you can, if you can help that kid, just like get that one hit or ha- make that great play, like literally that one hit or that one play and you, you build them up, you're giving high fives. You, you know, it, th- that could be the difference that changes their whole trajectory. Right. Now they're more focused. Now they know they can do it. Um, th- one of the coolest things as a coach is when you could show a young Child, boy, girl, doesn't matter that with a little bit of hard work, they can make their life better. They can make their skills better. It, once you unlock that, this, you're, the sky's the limit with their potential, and that's what our coaches do a really good job of. I feel is like really pouring love into like one individual for just a few minutes and letting them unlock something and making them feel good about it, and it, and it totally shifts the way that they see themselves in the world and they see themselves um, with their with their peers and the team. And um, we take a lot of first timers. We'll take eleven year old first timers, and we turn them into decent ball players. And no, they're not going to play into high school or play to college, but they're going to have an epic experience and they're going to make friends and they're going to develop a love of the game.
0: Big time. And, and that's what it's supposed to be about is what sports can do to bring camaraderie within a group. Mm-hmm. Because It might not even be baseball that they fall in love with, but it could be internal competition. It could be just the life skill, part of the life skills that we learn. And you know, my next question for you is, you know, why is it so important to you to help people use baseball as a vehicle? To help them learn emotional intelligence and social skills
1: well i think that with the rise of technology and social media and all that's all the opportunities nowadays we're spending more and more time seated inside hunched over a tablet a screen you know in my area of menlo park you when i grew up you know running around the streets you know playing stickball playing roller hockey you drive around my town nowadays You can't find kids. There's no kids out there. This is where social skills, emotional awareness, self-awareness, this is where those things are built. And so we're losing that a little bit. We're losing the, the capacity for safe conflict where kids can call each other out and and work through things in person. We're, we're not seeing kids go up to coach anymore and, and say, you know, coach, like, I, I really wanna get out there and play, How, you know, what do I need to do to get better? They'll, they'll go home, they'll complain to mom or dad and they'll either send an email or a text. Um, and so for me, you know, it's 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 being intentional about creating a culture where we share and, and verbally and we talk and we open up and we peel back the layers and it's not all about teaching them how to throw a fastball or how to hit the ball harder. It, how can we get to know each other better? How can we have more fun? How can we support each other? I mean, and this all and then it starts with getting to know one another. And so for me, every practice starts seated in a circle, and we talk. Period. And and that's where I get to know my kids, and that's where they get to know each other. And then that's how I. that's how I can better coach them. They can better coach each other. They get to know each other. That's where conversation is built. When you, you know, you play a game like two truths and a lie. Well, I just learned that he's got a, you know, he's got a fat cat and I got a fat cat. Now we can come, we can talk about it. Now we're, we're working on social skills a little bit. You know, we, we have them share their peaks and pits. I just heard that your dad got diagnosed for cancer. I just lost my grandpa to cancer. Well now we can talk about that stuff together. You know, these are where relationships are built. And I think great coaches at the youth level are intentional about, about that about giving about getting to know their kids and setting up the 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 practice session the game or the season so that that they're building that chemistry
0: that's that's awesome to hear you say that especially just from you know the youthful development standpoint and when we talk about social skills and exactly you know hunched over looking at tablets communicating via your headsets of your games that you're playing and there's you're, you're talking to somebody but it's is it really a social development if you're using that tool to practice a social skill that you would never practice in real life in terms of talking to someone in a way that is not productive or you know even promotes uh, youth in some ways speaking in ways that they're not ready to talk about or even understand but yet they feel the safeguard of nobody seeing their face that they can kind of just go out there and, and say these different things that uh, you know the real social skills and the interaction that's going to happen is going to happen in that that face to face environment. And even this, you know, even a Zoom call is a better social skill than a phone call or a text message because there's some kind of human connection of being able to see both people's emotion, emotional reactions, anything of that nature. So I, I do I do find that that very awesome that you're able to be a part of promoting uh, you know social development and getting to know these kids and having them understand that. You know, adults do care as well, too, but you have to show them that they care first before they're probably willing to come out and share those different things that, that might be a little bit more uh, vulnerable as a, as a human being because it's a little bit of the curse of knowledge. We don't always consider what it's like to be a kid again or what it's like to learn something brand new where we say something that we automatically assume that you've got that understanding but it might've gone just right over your head. And now you're sitting there pretending to go along with it because your, your social skills might not be fully developed enough yet to ask for help and an understanding right. of something that you, you don't get. So I, I, you know, applaud you a lot for, for taking that time to to grow those relationships because what we teach will be learned and what they learn they'll teach in the future for themselves as well too.
1: Kirk. Um... In 2019, right before COVID, I was taking kids out into the wilderness for 48 hour, tech-free retreats. I would take my teams and no phones for 48 hours. And I remember the first one that I ever took one of my my, uh, my teams on. We're sitting there in the circle. It's about 10 o'clock at night. And we're just talking. And I posed a few questions for the group. I think we played a game called he- Hero Hardship Highlight. You share your hero hardship highlight. Really good um, practice starter, by the way. Um, and then, you know, we're all talking, we're having fun, a lot of joking around. These are 13, 14-year-olds. And then I put a question out to the group and I said, hey, We're going to go around and we're going to share and we're going to pass around the baseball as the talking stick. And I want you to share one thing that you're really going through. Like what is standing in the way from, from where you want to get from where you are right now to where you want to get to what what's plaguing you on a daily basis. And so I started first and I shared something. I don't remember what I shared and and everyone's going around and they're sharing their things one by one and it's getting deeper and deeper. And I'm, I'm hearing kids, you know, this kid, you know, his mom comes home stressed out every day and, and yells at him. This other kid is dyslexic. The other kid has no confidence and ability to make friends. And we go around the circle and, and, you know, it's getting deep and then we finish. And then Kid raises his hands. Hey, can I share something else? Another kid raises his hand. Hey, I'd love to share another something else. And it went on Kirk for like two hours. I'm not even kidding you. And and that moment was so profound. And it told me that these kids are not given the opportunity to share what's really going on. They're, they're all carrying this baggage around. I think you talked about baggage with Austin and it allowed them to offload those bags. And now uh, everybody knew and all the coaches knew what that kid is really going for through. And it just, it just transformed all the relationships. Um. So that, that, and that's, and so for, to this day, that's why I call my circles at the start and end of practice. We call it the campfire. We start everything in the campfire.
0: That's awesome. It, it seriously is, uh, you know, so, so, Uh, you know, almost heartwarming to be able to hear because they don't know anything but technology right now where, I mean, we're not super duper old, but still there was a point in our life where we were, you know, playing Sega Genesis more than, you know, you couldn't even save games or you did, did these different things, but we've still developed those same habits and patterns that they're growing up with. We just now have them as adult habits and patterns where I I have the same, you know, addiction to my phone in terms of not being able to, to not look at it every 30 seconds. You saying you went out for a 48 hour retreat gave me anxiety thinking about not having my phone for 48 hours, but yet how powerful is that when you actually give yourself into, you know, and embrace the actual intention of the, the, the exercise where that goes on for that time, because there isn't another distraction waiting in the wings, something to, busy your time with that was the moment right there. And why would you not want to be in that moment as long as you could, especially if you see your teammates, your friends, your colleagues, your coaches, and everybody participating and sharing in that, you know, why would you ever want that to go away? Because who knows the next time that you're going to actually be able to have that kind of, you know, clairvoyant experience as as somebody that's sharing something open without judgment and everything. And, And for a kid to get that experience early on in life, I'm sure that it's going to be something else that they seek out from a a personal standpoint as they go up.
1: Oh, totally. I encourage anybody out there to take your kids, if you can muster this together on a camping trip. Um and and no phones, no technology or anything. Something really, I've done a few of these now, Kirk, and something really interesting happens at about 24 hours after no tech, and everybody has a bit of a like, I need it, I need it right now. Okay. And it, it's, but it's funny. It's like it's like your, uh, you know, hunger pains in the morning when you wake up and you're really hungry. If you can get past those initial hunger pains, they kind of go away, and it's the same thing. It sort of dissipates after 24 hours. Um, of, of no tech, and then you you sort of drop into nature, and you drop into the presence of of all your, your friends and your teammates and your coaches, and that's where the true magic happens. And I'll tell you, after that experience, we did some follow-up studies. A lot of the kids, they deleted their Instagram, they deleted their social media accounts, and their phone usage and tech usage dropped significantly because we circled back with a lot of the families to see about the impact it had on them, um, and it was profound. I got to know my kids better in those forty-eight hours than I did in four years right. of coaching them. Right, deep. Awesome. It, it, it was it, it's next level stuff, and I'm teaching them um, through that. You know, I can just get a lot deeper, giving them you know skills, social skills, things like that for life. I mean, look. Kids have, oftentimes there was one time at the high school level and I, you know there was no there's there's less and less leaders nowadays unfortunately and so I asked the team I was like hey like you know Pete like what would you say to Jake if you know we have a big game coming up and he's you know he's not focusing is he doesn't have the right stuff on he's messing around talking about other things and he, he didn't have the words I was like what what would you tell Jake he's like I don't know I was like what, what do you mean you don't know what would you tell Jake as a leader on this team he's like I, Dave I don't know kids they they honestly you need to develop your leaders like you need to teach them these things they're not learning these things on their own nowadays as much cuz they're not in the streets you know working through it so us as coaches, you know, I'm literally holding kids' hands and giving them the words and practicing safe conflict at practice so that they can manage their own situation, so that they can fight their own battles and navigate their life, and, and their moms don't need to fight their battles um, for them. So, uh, you know, these are the things that I've just observed over the last few years that I didn't have to worry about a decade ago, but nowadays, we need to focus more on these things.
0: Right, and, and it's up to us as the current leaders to, to prepare the next wave of leaders and use the information 100%. That, we, that we've gathered that's worked for us. And also the information that we've gathered that doesn't work for us, that's hindered our own growth and development and to try to help them shorten their learning curve. And, and that's what, you know, one of my favorite things about, you know, pursuit for purpose has been as much as I'm getting the opportunity to, to hopefully help anybody that takes a chance to listen is I'm learning myself. So I'm grateful for every person that's, that's chatted with me for, even if it's the smallest of margin, shortening my learning curve through their experiences that can help me better help somebody else in the future. And, and at the same time, help and develop myself uh, so that I could help my family, so that I could help the people around me, not just the, the people that I, that I get to coach and everything. So, you know, Dave, I wanted to ask you you know, we've talked about these different things in terms of social skills, emotional intelligence, you know, helping kids grow, you know, what's your purpose?
1: My purpose in life, my vision, my mission and why I believe I was put on this earth was to create immersive transformational experiences for people to reach their potential to be the best versions of themselves in person meaningful, memorable, transformational experiences that help them see the world in a different way. I just happened to choose baseball as the type of experience that I'm creating. And I think there's, I think it's so ripe for innovation. And I highly encourage and inspire, I wanna inspire anybody out there that's listening to take it next level with your experience and to break the mold create a blue ocean strategy, and focus more on a transformational experience as opposed to just showing up, dynamic, throw, see you later. There's so much more you can do. Those who fire on all cylinders and understand that there's a beginning, middle, and end to your season and the growth doesn't start and end with arriving and leaving the field. There's so much more you can do. Those are the players that are going to make the biggest impact. And those are the players that are going to be around for a while. And those are the people that are going to really change the world. That's beautiful, man. And I appreciate hearing
0: you share that because that resonates so much with a, a lot of the my own personal mission of just, you know, seeking to help people utilize sports I don't, I don't care what sport it is but just sports in general to become the best versions of themselves because as as we had shared before we just got started you know if we're not taking those life lessons and the and the disciplines that we learn to get better at our sport and actually applying them to things that matter then why are we doing what we're doing you know we're yes it's fun to get better at our sport and and, and work towards getting the best that you can but that's to challenge ourselves to show that we can work at whatever we care about And reach the peak of what we what we want to do, because regardless of wanting to go pro in baseball, we should be working to want to go pro in anything that we do, because as a competitor, that's just what happens, we want to be the best in what we do but that doesn't come on accident. And and if we're going to be the best in school, it's going to be because you put, you know, actual intention into your work. If you're going to want to be the best in your faith, it's going to be because you practice your faith. If you want to have your best family relationships, it's going to be because you put yourself in good uh, family situations that build those relationships. And if you want to have good fitness, you know, it's going to be because you actually put the work in. And if you want good nutrition, it's going to be because you ate the right stuff and you followed a plan. None of this stuff that we want, happens on accident right it's up to us to help them understand at a youthful age how much of an advantage they can get by practicing it now and the fun is still there they're they're, just because we do these things doesn't mean we're removing fun from our life or you know comedic relief or anything of that nature it's all still present but Mm -hmm. it, it you know it makes it a little bit harder on on the mental health when we're doing a lot of things that don't counterbalance the, the direction that we want to go. And we're intentionally doing actions that lead towards, you know, unpositive, uh, unproductive results.
1: I want to press on any coaches that are listening this, Kirk, that you're, you're, I asked a lot of people, Hey, why do you coach? You ask a lot of coaches. I'm sure. Why do you coach? You say, Oh, I love, you know, I want to teach life lessons. I love what it does for me. Sports alone. Don't teach life lessons. They don't. Maybe you'll learn a little bit, picking it up through. It's those great coaches that teach the game of life through sport. And it's not the inspirational speech at the end of practice that does it. There's so much more you can do. Kids don't even really learn through lectures anyways. So I asked all these coaches out here, what are you doing beyond the inspirational talk that is giving skills that they can take with them beyond the game of baseball? How do you do it? You know, they, I wouldn't be where I am. You wouldn't be where you are right now if it wasn't for sport, okay? How can we take it next level? How can we equip kids with the skills that they can take with them beyond baseball? Because their baseball career is gonna to come to an end at some point, okay? We're not, we're, we're not serving them in the deepest way if we're, if we're not teaching that game of, of life through the game. So important.
0: I, I, I completely agree. And, you know, that leads me to wanting to ask, why is the most, you know, what, what is the most important thing at the core of youth sports?
1: Fun. <laughs> I mean, fun is number one. There's, there's, I, I say it all the time, fun is king. Fun is more important than the develop, development. Fun is development. Mm-hmm. If the kid is having fun, he's going to focus. He's going to want to continue and playing. I mean, we need more kids developing a love of the game of baseball first, like when they're most engaged at that six to 10 year old age range. And if they do that, you're going to hook them for life. The goal is to get them to like love the game at 13 or 14. And then hopefully that's where they can develop some, some serious skills, but we get so obsessed with drilling them into the ground and getting private lessons and sending them out to tournaments. We lose, We lose the fun of it all. We, you know, we muddy it up. And so the more we can get our kids having fun, getting them outside playing unsupervised, unstructured play, like things used to be, the better they're going to be. And then they're going to develop that real mental toughness, that real emotional intelligence, social awareness, all that stuff happens with more play. I honestly think play and fun is the answer to all this mental health stuff.
0: (laughs) I, 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 can't help but, uh, you know, fully agree with you because, you know, just watching my little guy play by himself at different times and you, you just hear their imagination and wheel spinning and, you know, where, where they're setting their cast of characters, even though they're by themselves and they're playing their games and their different stuff. It's just like, man, why can't I have that kind of fun, you know, by myself? And, and I realized like I did, I was outside in the front yard playing a nine inning baseball game by myself you know Mm -hmm. fairly i might add as well too as much as i could to keep the competition of the game going and just having that kind of fun and and you're right when you talked about the fact that you know you drive down a street and you're not stopping for kids playing in the street you know anymore or you know you have to worry about a wiffle ball hitting your car while you're driving down the street because that kind of element just isn't happening And, and what it's been replaced with isn't productive youthful growth to, to myself and and I, and I do hope that you know there are more initiatives being being put into life like yours that are promoting that kind of youthful growth and experience because that's how we're going to develop the future people that go out and and find their own innovation you know find something different that works for them that makes you know the, the change of rules or the slight difference of something that that allows them to say hey I've been seeing this for a long time but let's go this direction now, because I I got creative with it. And I don't think we give them enough youthful credit for good ideas that can come from kids. Yeah, it might be unorthodox, but they can give out some good ideas that, that allow positive change and, and methods that would actually get more engagement out of them. And I think sometimes as coaches, we get a little bit too dead set on this way, because that's the way that it was done for me. But as long as it's making a positive impact on them, I think it's something that we
1: got to explore. Totally. I tell all my coaches during the trainings, I was like, everything that you've ever experienced coaching and playing baseball, I need you to completely forget it and throw it out the window. Cause we do things completely differently. Like I, I tell, I tell my coaches like people remember things that are different. Routine is the death of memory. Again, routine is the death of memory. So if your practice has the same practice plan and you show up and they they go through their dynamic and they stretch and they throw very very forgettable. That's not where memories are made. That's not fun for anybody. So I tell my coaches every single practice must start in a completely different way and have very little to do with baseball. So we start practice in all these different wild ways. And we end practice in all these wild ways. And it is so much more fun, so unique, so immersive, so engaging. It's more fun. I, I so, love uh, yeah. that. I
0: mean, yeah. it, it, you just even talking about that made me think about just, hey, why not make them warm up in a different spot of the field? Why not, you know, there's all these different rules that we even have of, that I know are baseball rules that we, you're protecting a field and different stuff, but, you know, you're not supposed to throw in the infield and you're not supposed to do this and that. But the more that you could set in it, not inconsistency but consistent inconsistency of just not letting repetition come into a factor of where monotony you know actually takes over uh, I think that's how you get guys engaged that much more and especially from a youthful experience I could I could really see that you know helping grow and develop these these kids and you know it made me want to ask uh, you know I know you've talked about a couple of different ways that you'll you'll promote growth but you know what kind of things do you Yet maybe you haven't talked about do you do to, to help promote growth of, you know, of the youth?
1: Um, we like to just like role play a bunch of types of situations, like some like conversation. So I'll have two kids like go and have a conversation. Um, I there's a, there's a whole bunch. So like one of them is like, tell me more. Like I have them share things about themselves and he's got to talk for three minutes. And the kid is just, all he's doing is just listening and nodding his head and just say, tell me more, tell me more. So like, we're literally teaching them conversation, like how to have conversation. And this is where, where empathy is built. We're teaching them how to, you know, shake hands and give eye contact in the right way, We're literally giving them things that you just don't learn in school. And for some reason, these are things that are oftentimes missed, um, from, you know, in, in parenthood, you know, parents are not teaching this stuff, uh, sometimes also, unfortunately. And then, you know, furthermore, I la- I think that kids need to be told, nowadays, what they can and should do when they're not on the field with you. So from practice to practice. So all of our practices and games, they end with what I I don't give it homework. I call it a home challenge. So maybe we got to go home and we need to write down, watch the Giants game tonight and write down three examples of leadership that you observed on screen, okay? Write, write those down on a flashcard, bring them back. We're going to give you a piece of double bubble at the start of practice. So it's getting very intentional about these things um, and then giving things for them to do while they're not on the field with you. I send a lot of videos using this very background that you're seeing right now, where I'm just teaching and I'm talking about breathing, um, having them develop a, a pre-pitch routine, for instance, you know, talking about quality. bats. like, there's there, there's just so much out there that you can give, but yet we focus all the time on these physical skills, the best coaches out there in the, today's world for the Gen Z kid, the focusing on holistic development, the complete athlete. And furthermore, I think that's what, as churches go away and and Boy Scouts and things like that, I mean, not that churches are going away, but people are doing, you know, lesson rest religion. I think more and more people and parents are going to be looking for programs like what I'm talking about that focus on the complete athlete.
0: I, 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 I'm so on the same page with you that I can, I mean, if I was in Northern California, my little dude would definitely be in a, a speedball program and just that's the kind of coach that I would want my youthful child around to be able to learn not only a game and play, but, you know, how to, how to be a good young human being. And, and I, I know we're coming up, uh, you know, on the, on the end of our time together, Uh, but I did have a couple other questions if you, if you've got a way. So how in your experiences does the game of baseball help promote transformational life experiences? You know, you got a story of, of something that, that you've seen direct hand, that you, that a kid has come back to you or, you know, where, where have you felt that impact of, of why transformational life experiences are so
1: important to you? From the start of the season to the end, when we start, we have them sort of, take stock and set goals, process based goals, and then we have them self-reflect in the middle and then self-reflect at the end. But when you can show it over a 10-week speedball program, or even just a, a Monday through Friday, nine to 3 p.m., 30 hours per week camp program, the goal is to allow them to really internalize like how far they have come and how much better they've gotten and allowing them to have that level of confidence and showing them that, Hey, a little bit of hard work and focus, I can make my skills much that much better because that will transfer into all parts of their life. Hey, you know, I study harder for the test. I, I, I can do better. You know, I work on that relationship with my mom. I can improve that relationship. And so I want to help kids put on new glasses for how they see the world. And, and that, that happens through really, intentional training of your coaches finding incredible human beings that where for me it's it's less about what you know about baseball i'm looking for for inspiring motivators of kids and if i if i give exposure uh, for those kids to those coaches, um, those kids are going to grow and they're going to be the best versions of themselves. Um, And so for me, it's a constant progression. Um, It's so fulfilling for me to watch a very below average, mediocre eight-year-old turn into a baseball loving kid who's entering little league fired up. That's more interesting to me than coaching an an 18-year-old elite player. It really is. And I think we need more coaches, more quality coaches out there that fall in love with taking these mediocre players who are not that interested and turning them into baseball lovers. So again, you know, helping kids put on new glasses for how they see the world that can be done over the course of, of a, even a week or a 10 week period. If you focus on the overall experience and not just the game of baseball,
0: right. Help, Help them see some things through through a different lens and help change some perspectives. I mean, it, it can go, all, we, we can be much more responsible for helping that change. than we really probably can of developing somebody, like you said, into some elite ball player, but right. same lessons are still available to every kid, regardless of their youthful skills at that particular sport. And, you know,
1: please I'm say Kurt, like what, what I was saying, like, what i see a lot because we do a good job of actually developing them like when you develop that confidence on the field and like you're a dude now like you can hit the ball like it it goes into all other aspects of life so i'm hearing that all the time it's like not only did they develop some baseball skills like it he's got more friends now he's got more confidence his body feels better he looks better he's feeling healthier like all that stuff is is transformational for these kids and then yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm so inspired. Hopefully it comes through in my, yeah, in my tone because um, I wake up every day uh, fired up to, I don't consider myself a baseball coach. And I, I inspire any head coaches or program leaders out there. Uh, being a baseball coach is a very limiting title. I consider myself a baseball experience designer. I design and execute transformational experiences. When you shift that way of thinking, um, it really opens up a world of possibilities. I, I
0: i've definitely you know tried my as best as i can as well too to to not label myself as a baseball coach even though that is what you know we do because i feel like baseball is the easy part yeah. <laughs> it's it's how can we positively productively help enhance the group of people that were around to help them
1: become better human beings because we're together happening to play baseball and Yep. it's a full village approach it's mm-hmm. like it, it's like i like to engage the parents in the growth process too i send them videos hey you know and, and we get common language um going on you know like i got one of the ones i was recently i talking about the, like this being the reset button come to one of my speedball games and you're seeing like a kid I, like strike out and like numerous parents are like just pressing that's this like reset, so, reset. yeah it's just like little common language that it, it goes through the whole family that's like, fun. Like these experiences, it's not just for the player. Like we create the experience to be full family fun. Like parents are coming out with like their margarita mixers and their tents and their coolers. (laughs) And because the games are so exciting, they're like football games. Kids are out of breath playing. They get 15 at bats. Right. Um, They don't even leave the field. And like, you can't do this in travel ball. Right. But you can do this in a really intentionally designed community program um, where you're, you know, you're, you're focusing, you know, 360 degrees on, on how you can create an Epic experience. I
0: love it, man. And, you know, now this one, uh, not, not to be more sensitive, but look, we both know how ornery some get with the game of baseball, not wanting anything to change. What roadblocks or obstacles have you faced in trying to bring to life something new and different?
1: Well, if people don't like what I'm doing, they don't need to sign <laughs> up for it. <laughs> so, exactly. so they don't exactly. sign up for it. Um, and you know, it's funny. Like I haven't had that much resistance toward it because you either sign up or you don't. But as I go out there and I talk about it on Twitter and things like that, um, you know, it's just getting people to understand why it's, why it's, I don't think it's going to take over all of youth baseball. Right. Right. And I don't intend it to. In fact, I have a philosophy. I like kids playing little league. I think kids should play little league. Are there challenges with little league? Uh, yeah, a lot of challenges in Little League. I can go on and on. Kids should still do it. Um, but uh, what I was getting at was, uh lost my train of thought. Um, uh, what was I talking about? I lost my train of thought.
0: Um, just, you were talking about Twitter and, and maybe
1: some people. Oh, come, come yeah, it's just like... Community. The, the goal is to get the kids to have fun. And like, this is, mo- this is so much more fun for the kids, for them to get all kinds of different at-bats. They sign up with their friends. Um, they, you know, they're not playing multiple games per week, lugging out to tournaments. Um, it's, it's, it's fast-paced, it's fast, it's action-packed. And you know what? No, this is not going to be the type of baseball they play into 17, 18, 19, or as they get older. But for youth players under the age of 12, 13, 14, who want a little bit more than little league, but they're not really quite ready or don't want that travel ball experience. I think this is the perfect type of experience for that, like 60 70% of like that bell curve, just to go out there learn, grow and have fun. And you know what I've had to to internal people will come to me and they got their, you know, their elite 11 year old who, you know, throws 74 and he's got the cabbage in the back and the, you know, the whole deal. And it's like, go, go sign up for the travel team. Like by all means, like that might be a great experience for them, but for, for a subset of, of kids that just need more than little league, but not quite ready to that travel ball. I believe this is going to be an awesome, attractive option for kids to learn, grow and have fun.
0: That's uh, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear, and learn more about your journey as you continue to share it and see that, you know, the positive differences that this can make in in the youth community. And, you know, I want to kind of let you take us out with, you know, and I know you've explained some of it already, but just hammering it home one more time, you know, you know, tell us about your, your personal statement of transforming lives through innovative baseball experiences. You know, what, what does that mean to you? And I I know you've shared some of it, but, you know, I just want everybody to understand one, one more time, just why, a transformational experience is is so important to you.
1: There's, there's so many coaches out there that have so much great information. So many ex pro guys, guys have gone through it and they could all coach the physical skills, but that's only going to take, that's only going to take these kids too far. And quite frankly, if you're only focusing on the physical skills, like your, your impact is pretty limited, limited, and you'll probably be forgotten. I remember the coaches that really poured into me as a human being first and really got to know me and understood me and gave me skills that I can take, um, into the, the rest of my life. And a lot of those skills, they actually did help my baseball, um, you know, mindfulness, uh, you know, leadership, all that stuff helped baseball. So, uh, I just think that for us coaches in this world, which is, you know, becoming more and more challenging every day, we've got to hold ourselves at, especially at that youth level to teaching the game of life through the game of baseball. And the idea is to create a, an immersive, memorable experience that is truly transforming their life. And, it, and, it, and that happens by engaging them in different ways than just teaching skills at the field on that day. You know, The experience starts the moment they sign up for your program with the email they receive or don't receive, and it ends with a satisfaction survey at the end. But everything in between is the experience. And there's so much you can do. Map that experience. Engage your coaches about it. Ask your families what they want. Ask the kids what you think. How can we have more fun? How can we learn more? Okay, S- serve more. Like go deeper than just baseball. It's going to be more fulfilling for you as the coach to do that as well. So I inspire any coaches, any Little League administrators, any, any travel ball programs out there to see, take this thing next level. And, and truly meet your kids where they are. This is a tough world we're living in. Mel- mental health is a huge issue. Uh, we need more coaches that are going to be focusing on, on holistic development.
0: David, uh, I really appreciate you taking your time here uh, with me today and, and pouring into myself, pouring into anybody that'll take the time to listen to this. And, and I hope that uh, we can all take away some, some positive experiences from this to be able to realize the impact that we can have as the adult figures on the youth level of baseball from all ages, because, you know, this approach isn't just for eight to 12 year olds. It still can make a big holistic difference in a kid who's been through, you know, the grinder as a youth who now finally needs to get back to falling in love with the game or falling in love with the process, falling in love with just playing and competing and realizing that their skills aren't the only thing that matter through this development. So, you know, is there anything else that you you, you wanted to share before I let you go today?
1: Uh, not much, but yeah, you know, what, what you said is important. Like we, a lot of kids of nowadays, they get so focused on like, I need to be that baseball guy where they, they, they attach all their self-worth to their performance. And that's really dangerous. And and we need to, we need to separate that at, at the young age and let them like feel like yeah, I'm a human being first. And baseball is just the game. It's not who I am. It's just what I do. Right. Uh, so I think that's really important because I'm seeing that for some reason more and more now where, you know, when they're done with the game, all, like they gave their whole life to the game and they got nothing else. They got, they got no friends, no, no skills, no other interests or hobbies. And, and then they're just going to be a lot floundering. What do you um, left to
0: stand on as a person? Exactly. And yeah, I experienced that firsthand, unfortunately, where where my identity was completely revolved around being an athlete. And when sports was taken away, I was I was left wondering who, who am I and yeah. and so that's why it's so important to me to help them figure out who they are as a person more than who they are as, a, as an athlete because when your sport fails you and, and it will, you know w- what are you left to stand on? and I want you to be able to stand tall and know that you're heading towards your next direction with the, with the best intention that you can. So David, I, I really appreciate it again you taking your time here today and and sharing with us and uh, looking forward to to watching you continue to grow and everything that you do and, and everybody that you continue to pour into.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Kirk. This is a wonderful discussion. Um, thank you for putting, uh, having me on. It's an honor. You've had so many great guests, so good to be uh, looked at in the same light with some of these guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that a ton, David. Well, will uh, appreciate it and we'll uh, see everybody else next week. Take care.
1: Thanks, Kirk.